Hi guys, welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 35 of this podcast, I sat down with Victor Rojas, professional entertainer out in LA. This is part four of the series of interviewing choreographers, dancers, entertainers, and professionals uh, in the dance community uh, who are doing awesome things. You may remember the song Milkshake by Khalees. Victor was the choreographer for that music video. Uh, so if you are unfamiliar with who he is, he's a fantastic dancer and choreographer, and the conversation with him was so much fun. Uh, so listeners, I hope that you enjoyed listening to this conversation. And don't forget to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on iTunes. Let's get started. Okay, so today I have Victor Rojas, a professional entertainer, from yeah. Lima, Peru, on yeah. on the other line through Zoom. Hi, Victor. Hi, hi, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for doing this. I truly appreciate yeah, no it. Problem, no problem. Where are you right now? I am in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you are in LA. I'm in Los Angeles. Yep. Oh wow! So it's like lunchtime. Um. Yeah. Actually, I worked pretty late, so I just woke up like 30 minutes ago. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I usually work to like four or five in the morning, so gotcha. I literally just woke up, and uh, so it won't be lunch for another couple hours for me. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah. tell us what you do. This is a perfect segue. Um, uh, I like I said, uh, like you said, I'm an entertainer. Um, I started in acting and uh, did that all the way through college. Then um, midway through high school, I started dancing. And now I'm, you know, just focusing on choreographing and I've produced a lot of visuals for my own work and directed them. So just sort of evolving and branching out to other uh, entertainment facets, if you will. Mm. Yeah. So are you still teaching in this time of quarantine? I do still teach, actually. Um, I have my own classes um, Thursday at one o'clock LA time. I have an open level class. Then Thursday at 7 p.m., I have an Asia time zone class, 7 p.m. L.A. time. And uh, in uh, Japan, it will be 11 a.m. I travel to Japan a lot to teach, so I thought I'd open up my classes to them. Um, so that's Thursdays at 7 p.m. L.A. time. Mm. And then I have a beginner class Fridays at 1. Very cool. Yeah. How, how's this uh, virtual teaching going for you? You know what? I am... Um, I'm actually having a great time doing it. Um, I, a friend of mine and I have been discussing this um, because a lot of people cannot do it. They're, they're just not, they're not taking to it very well. Um, but I find, I think that my acting training has really prepared me for this, ironically enough. Um, you know, because in acting, there's always a fourth wall. There's no, there's never really an audience there, right? It's always the, in, the inner experience. So... Uh, the computer is sort of the audience, really, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, it's just something sitting there and experiencing what you're doing. So I kind of find the non-connection or the non-human connection and the non-energy connection um, non-existent because I'm in, internally teaching and, and just focused on what, what I'm actually doing as opposed to uh, sort of like oh, are people enjoying this or are people paying attention or do you know what I mean? Um, I'm just sort of in it and, and hoping that the audience is in it too. But, you know, I'm fully focused and not worried about sort of the computer aspect of it. Right. Do you feel yeah. like you have to be a little bit more on to teach the virtual classes? 
Yes. Well, uh, well, that's also part of it. It's sort of the performance aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? So, so on a computer, you sort of have to be a little bit more an- animated and, and just sort of try to pull a little bit more out of yourself because there is no human connection or energy connection. But I think sort of that acting experience uh, um, performance aspect of it really helps me because I'm, I'm fully engaged in making sure I know what I'm doing and, and it should translate, you know, as an audience, you should be able to pick it up. So mm, very, yeah. are you, are you um, facing the camera or are you facing like a mirror to try to get so, um So I figured out, I am facing the camera, but um, I figured out a, a way to mirror the camera because Zoom doesn't mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so I've uh, a friend of mine hooked me up, and I've so I don't have to turn around. Most people have to turn around, and I uh-huh. can just reach forward, and and they just mirror me. It's it's awesome. That's awesome. That makes it a lot yeah. easier. Yeah, it does. But it's gonna suck up because uh, Zoom is. Uh, they just sent out a a notice saying that on the thirtieth, everybody will be forced upgraded, mm-hmm. and the app that I'm currently using doesn't work with the new version of zoom so i've i have a downgraded version so may 30th we might be going back to bleak times unless i can find unless i can find a uh you know i can find a way to mirror it i live in an apartment so kind of stashing a mirror in here somewhere is kind of inconvenient yeah right i'm sure yeah now let's um let's go back to the beginning i want to hear your story about how you got started was yep. dance something that you've always wanted to do as a child and how did you come about into onto the scene okay so i was born and raised in lima peru um and then i was there till i was seven and then i moved to new york city um and in new york city i joined um you know my mom was a working mom so i had to go to an after-school program um, that would pick me up after school every day and then help me with like homework and, and that kind of stuff. And then my mother would come and pick me up and take me home. Mm. So, but this program um, happened to house, it was called the PAL, the Police Athletic League in New York City, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this specific Police Athletic League in the house Kitchen area, um, they're still there actually. Um, this particular PAL um, had a separate organization called the 52nd Street Project that, you know, they had just, I guess, rented space in their building. Um, and, but, but they worked with the kids in there. I guess they started working with the kids. Basically, this organization would take inner city kids from the Hell's Kitchen area and teach them the arts and teach them playwriting and teach them acting and teach them sort of that, that aspect of the art world. And I remember one day I was just in like uh, one of the rooms at the PAL and one of the representatives from that project came down with like a stack of scripts. And she was like, hey, we're working on, you know, on these scripts for for kids. If you guys want to join, come and join us. You know, it's free. It's, it's, you know, just come and join. And I don't know what in my body was like. I immediately raised my hand. I was like, I'll do it. And, and literally it was like, it was a play about a unicorn and like, and like the choice the, this unicorn has to make through life. Uh-huh. And I fell in love with acting. I literally was there every single day. Right. Huh. So then that led me to, and they actually helped me as well. Um, the director to, to that program, Willie Reale, um, wrote me my audition pieces for LaGuardia High School. And if you don't know LaGuardia, LaGuardia is, um, if the big fame movie, Fame, Mm -hmm. is based on my high school. I didn't go to that specific high school, but 
you know, that one burned down actually, but, <laughs> but it's based on that. And like, you know, to, to get in that school, you have to audition and they have, you know, they have acting, they have dancing, they have instrumental, they have singing, they have art. Um, and I went, I was a drama major there. So anyway, mm -hmm. through the 52nd Street Project, I was able to get into LaGuardia. Mm -hmm. um, and then through LaGuardia, my, the summer before my senior year, my best friend says, hey, do you want to take a dance class with me at Broadway Dance Center? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure, why not? And I remember being, um, oh, it was a terrible experience. I mean, it was an amazing experience <laughs> in hindsight, yeah. but it was terrible because I, was, I hadn't danced before and we went and took a modern class and she was a dancer. And we went and took a modern class and I was, and then it was like tragedy. I was like really bad and like, it was just tragedy. But across the hallway, there was a, um, there was this teacher who was like yelling at the top of her lungs and like clapping and screaming. And like, I could see that she was like flashing the lights on and off. And like, so I like, I was like, what is going on over there? And I like peeked in and they, all the dancers were like in a circle and they were basically like freestyling. Right. Mm. And then after they were like freestyled, they bust into like this choreographed routine. And I was like, what is this? Right. So I came back the next day and every day since that I have I had been dancing up to today. Wow. And yeah. And that teacher's class, that was Beverly Brown's class. And it yes, was a, exactly it was some sort of I think that one was a I think it was her hip hop class or I mean, she taught so many. She taught so many classes. But yeah, she like that class was what really it drove me and then I kept taking her classes um, and she made me her assistant six months after I kept taking her class. Wow. And then I joined her company and then, I mean, she literally taught me everything I know about dance. Absolutely mm. everything I know about dance. And, and she took me by the hand and really went to every single teacher and asked them if I could take their classes for free. Mm. She like literally helped build my career simply because she saw Aww. something in me that was that I didn't really see. And like, we, she would push me and she'd be like, you're coming to the front, you're coming to the front. And I'd be like, okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah, and she, she, really, she really paved the way for my career. Mm. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, Bev, I was actually, and I talked about this in Chio's episode, I was actually, had, I had the opportunity to train to become Bev's assistant. Okay. Uh, then I had to make a decision between going back to college for last okay. semester of college mm -hmm. or staying in there and continuing to train. Yeah. And so my logical sense kicked in and I went back to college. But that time, it's such an honor to be picked to be in that position and for Bev yeah. to recognize you and out of crowd of 40, 50 people. Yeah. Yeah. That is fantastic that you were yeah. able to do that. And like yeah. in six months and just kind of. Yeah. I mean, but I, like I said, I was, I mean, I was busting my butt, like busting my butt, like from her class, because her class was really based on, it was a technical warm up. And then it was whatever she wanted to choreograph to, right? Which was usually either hip hop or like sort of like a jazz funk. Well, now it's called jazz funk, but it wasn't called. I don't know what it was called back then, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was sort of that vibe. And then just being in her class alone without her having to tell me, I realized that I needed other stuff. So even during that time, I was taking other classes on my own which really helped me excel, you know, and then she, she realized that. So what, when I tell you, she literally went to every single teacher. She went to a ballet teacher. She went to a jazz teacher. She went to a modern teacher. And she literally said, out of everything that we have a relationship for, could you let him take classes for free? Do you know what I mean? And, and so I literally would just jump in these classes thanks to her, mm. and which, which completely built my, 
built my career. <clears throat> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so how did you go from New York to LA? What was the transition? So I was doing the New York dancer thing. Like we all know, you know, and just trying to find work or, or you're either taking class and auditioning for Broadway, um, which was really crazy. Okay. Just remind me, just remind me of that question because I might tangent and, sure. and, and forget real quick, but sure. as, as a dancer in New York city, right. You mm -hmm. either have a lot of like just random jobs or Broadway. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, as an actor, I really thought that, that Broadway was going to be my next step because, you know, I'd been doing acting my entire life and now clearly I know how to dance. And so I was auditioning all the time, all the time, especially for Broadway, but it just never popped off for Broadway for me, which is so crazy. It like, but I mean, I'm not a singer. My spirit likes to sing, but I'm not a singer, mm -hmm. but it, that really was detrimental to me not being able to sing for Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was getting really, really discouraged about sort of like the dance career and like where I was going. So I just started doing like a lot of, and even through Beverly again, doing a lot of like club gigs and like really like, you know, up and coming artists that were just kind of starting and we would do like gay clubs or like lesbian clubs and like, you know, and like uh, just little things like that. Um, and then I found this one artist uh, uh, who my boy, uh, Jonte, I don't know if you know Jonte Moaning, um, great artist now, amazing artist. Um, but we, we, uh, we came up together dancing and I remember he was dancing for, um, this kid, his name was Chris Truesdale, who happened to be one, one of the members of some Disney group, I believe okay. he was in a Disney group and he was going solo. And, um, Jonte was like, Hey, this kid is really preparing himself cause he wants to be an artist. So me and we're working every single day for like six hours, just learning. There's no shows. There's no anything. We're just learning choreography, preparing ourselves. He's like, do you want to be part of it? Like we get a check at the end of the week. It's a small check, but we get a, we get a check. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I literally ended prepping with this kid, I think for like six months. And we never did. We did one show uh -huh. at a mall, right? But we would be, but we would be in rehearsal every single day just prepping right and i remember dante and i being like my god we need something more like this is amazing but we need something more like and we heard that janet jackson was having an audition for the super bowl mm. right and and this was 2004 <clears throat> well that was 2003 because the super bowl was in 2004 but <clears throat> we were like bro should we go like should we fly to la and like audition like should we try that and he was like i'm going I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm going. I'm going. Let's go. So we ended up going for that audition, and we both got the job. Wow. We both That's got the incredible. job. Yeah, it was dope. We both got the job, and I mean, we didn't hear for a while because I think we auditioned in like September or October, something like that, and we didn't hear back till like the end of December or something like that. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then we ended up flying out. Uh, well, we flew separately, but we ended up flying out like in J January, right? Uh -huh. And then the Super Bowl is in February. And then rehearsals was for like a month, right? And we were in LA for a month. I was staying with a friend. Um, and then I was like, bro, what, what am I doing? Why would I go back to, why would I go back to New York? I've already flew here. I'm like, I'm with a friend. Like she's letting me stay in her home. I'm really, like, I feel like I'm home. Los Angeles feels like, like, why would I go back to New York? Mm -hmm. 
end of story. I never went back. I just stayed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just stayed. It was like, what, like what, why would you go back? You're just going to go and do the same thing that you're going to have to do here. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, I just stayed and then built, built my life out here. And I mean, you know, did, did the New York thing, just did it here in Los Angeles mm. and sort of rebuilt everything, you know, and started taking new classes and started building new relationships. And, and then it just, and then now I'm an Angelino. I've been here, what, 16, 16 years now. Wow. Before, yeah, 16 years. That's amazing. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Now, so I, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's always like, they talk about the East coast versus the West coast. There's different yeah. style of dancing, different yeah. style of teaching and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You've gotten to experience both. Yeah. How would you summarize the difference or how would you summarize the similarities? Okay. So two things. Um, as a New Yorker. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get it. You cannot get LA. I mean, you cannot get New York in LA, mm -hmm. right? And you cannot get LA in New York, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Boom! I love New York. I get it. Mm -hmm. New York stand up. We're like, you know what I'm saying? We yeah, are. Yeah. We're the capital of the world, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, boom! But then, as a New Yorker, right? Uh -huh. You cannot get LA in New York, and you cannot get New York in LA, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's it like we cannot compare new york to la because it is not and you cannot compare la to new york because it is not right so boom also with the 52nd street project going back a little bit uh -huh. they always took us out of the city mm. right with any projects that we did they took us out of the city for us to learn and work because you know the city is chaotic yes right and so when we get out of the city then we're able to focus fully on whatever project we're working on right so i was always able to get out i was always going to like poughkeepsie or like rhode island and like you know up, upstate new york and like just getting out of the city and realizing that everything we can get in new york city right is only a part of what the real world is yes absolutely. you know what i mean i think that's so true about anything and anywhere yeah yeah, exactly. But specifically in New York, because you can find everything in New York City, every culture, every food, everything in the world is in New York City, in a little corner in New York City. So why are you leaving New York City? You can get everything in New York City. But the second you get out of New York City, you realize, oh, there's a bigger aspect of this little corner in New York City. Mm -hmm. It's right? just a sample. Exactly. It's just exa exactly. So, so for me, it was really easy to understand, wait a minute, I don't need New York because I'm in Los Angeles. If I want New York, I can go to New York, mm -hmm. right? So, so I, 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 it was really a really easy transition for me. Like, I mean, just the hard stuff was sort of like rebuilding, but, but not being in New York was magical. I mean, the, 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 the quality of life that I get in, in California is completely different than the quality of life that I get in New York, right? Um, not good or bad, just different, just, just different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, but I will admit to you that I have made a point to myself that I will not go back into New York unless I can live like I live in Los Angeles. Hmm. What do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you elaborate it's on like, that? Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, it's just sort of the peace of mind and the calmness mm -hmm. and sort of like the slower pace, you know what I mean? 
every time I go to New York, it's like I put on my headphones and it's a shot out of a cannon. It's like, I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to go visit my mother. I got to get on this train. Once I'm done with this train, oh my God, I'm starving. I need this specific lesson. Then I got to, yo, I'll see you. Three o'clock, boom. Can't do it. The train's stopping. Oh my God, I'll see you. Oh my God, I just stepped on a rat. No, oh my God, like, right? Like, I, being in Los Angeles for 16 years, like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I cannot sit there on a train and, like, ignore people and, like, do you know what I mean? And like sort of like, but, but then again, there are times when I'm like, oh my goodness, Los Angeles, like there's nobody here. Nothing's ever happening. Most of the time you're, you're just in your car. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's just a balance. But, but the reality is that I, the peace of mind that I get from being in Los Angeles, like, and not having to go, 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 go all the time really, really affected me. It really, really affects me now that I go back and forth. I'm like, Jesus, I lived in New York City for 24 years. Wow. You know I mean, yeah, for 20, I mean, people have been there longer, but still, I've been, I was in New York for 24 years and not knowing that, um, not knowing that I sort of was living in New York City for 24 hours because I was living in New York City for 24 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, like there's, there's sort of that change. Like, you're like, yo, I'm from New York. You know what I mean? And you, yeah. or like, that really, every New Yorker really carries that. Like, that's the pride of being in New York City. Like, yo, I'm a New Yorker, like, for real, for real. Like, from mm -hmm. New York, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, but then being out of LA, you'd be like, my God, like, I was really just in it in New York City. Like, just going for it, trying to survive, trying to make it. Like, that's a whole nother lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Mm -hmm. So not, not good or bad, just, just different. But, but different. For, for sure, yeah, like, I mean, I, like, I have a car here in Los Angeles. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I, have, I mean, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, but it's not a one-bedroom, like, New York apartment. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not super tiny. Like, I've got windows. I get sunlight. Do you know you what I mean? got warm so weather. I have warm weather. I mean, literally, that is the magical part. It's not just summer. All year round, I mean, it does get cold out here, but all year round, like, that's part of it. Like, you wake up and, like, that weather just sets you right. It just sets it right. Like, you wake up. Like, right now, my curtains are closed, but it is so sunny outside and warm and, like, really nice, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I, you've been dancing for a long time. What yes. keeps you going? Um, it's what I do. It's what I do. It's who I am. Um, like I said, I, the 52nd Street Project, I don't know. I mean, I think they know because they help build me, literally build me and build my whole love for just art, period. Um, but it, they discovered something that I, I had it never been for them. I might have never found it. Like, it's, it's who I am. It's who I am. The second I started with it, like I said, I, I, I went to – I was – arts oriented my entire school career hmm. elementary school i was with the 52nd street project then i play in junior high school i played the clarinet all through junior high school so i was musical in that way hmm. then high school i was a drama major at laguardia then i started dancing then i went to nyu for a semester i hated it there i went to nyu <laughs> for for a uh for a semester for drama do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just inherently who I am. And then I later found out that my grandfather, my mother's father, actually had recorded an album in Peru. Wow. That I know. So he was, a, he was musical. He was a singer and an artist himself. So 
so inherently, I think it was just part of me. And then some way, somehow, New York City woke it up, and it's it just it's just alive, and it's just what I do. It now how it's how I survive. It's how I make my money. It's how mm. I stay happy. You know, when I'm upset, sometimes I'll just either choreograph or dance or or try to create something. It's it's just who I am mm. at this point. So 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 it's not really a matter of keep going. It's a matter of like I got to keep doing. Mm. Do you know it's, what I mean? It's ingrained in you. It's ingrained. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's ingrained. And then like, I've, I've, I've done the nine to five stuff and I've done, I used to work at Delia's. I don't know if you know Delia's, which uh-huh. is, they're, they're, they're a catalog. Um, well, I don't think they're around anymore, but they were basically a catalog. And so it, you got this huge catalog and they were so big that they had different, um, basically these big different, uh, uh, what are they called? Call centers, okay. right? Yep. All over the country where people would call in and order from this book. So I worked mm-hmm. for one of those call centers, right? Uh-huh. I did that. And then I, I was an usher at the New Victory Theater in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I've, I've sort of done the nine to five having to be there and having to do all of that stuff. And all of that killed me. It killed me. I hated being there. I just... I just could not imagine myself going back to that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just, I just could not imagine myself going back to that. So just on that aspect too, it's like I, that sort of makes me keep going, but not sort of going in the sense of like, oh my God, I don't want to be there, but sort of like I, it makes no sense for me to be there because this obviously is what's making me happy, mm-hmm. right? So so boom, just do that. Mm-hmm. It's sort that of that simple. Yeah, it's that, yeah. It's that. That's what's making you happy. Do that. That's right. what you do, and then and then everything just sort of falls into place. Hmm. It's not that's easy, cool. but 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 it does. But it it is work. It's one plus one. If it makes you happy, do it. Nothing's gonna be easy. But now, as you're going through on this journey, you know you've you've had a lot of changes. Like you know, you got into the dance world, moved from New York to LA. Was there any difficult times that you went through, and what were those, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, okay, so I think I've, I've done pretty, um, uh, 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 how do you say, uh, recognizable projects, do you know what I mean, where like um, it's either an artist or a tour or a video that, that sort of is recognizable and people have really, um, really know that, that project, right? Um, I think I saw you did Khalees's uh, milkshake video. Is that true? That's, yes, that was yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. So, so I've been really lucky to sort of like these projects that I've done have really connected with people on, yes. on different levels. So people really sort of know my face with sort of projects and a lot of, you know, we all do a lot of projects, but not every project is sort of like, right. And memorable and sort of like people really take to it. I've been really lucky to sort of have those projects. Mm -hmm. But those projects also don't mean that you're constantly working, right? So where like people are like, oh my God, I know this project and I know your face from there. Like I've actually sat in my house without work for two years. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, exactly. And like literally, and and, and like at like the height of my career, you know what I mean? Working with like major artists and like doing major projects. And then, you know, when those are over, sort of the, that the life of those projects extend and they continue living through technology. But the earthling in me isn't constantly working or constantly on a project or constantly sought after. Do you know what I mean? And that's sort of the reality of our industry. 
But I mean, I've I've sat at my house literally for two years doing no work, looking for work and and trying to find work, but it just doesn't work that way. Wow. So I just think I just think in in the in in the long scope of 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 my career, mm-hmm. I think it's as great as as it is scary. And there is there is when the and it's true that they say when the times are high, they're high, man. And when the times are low brother they are low do you know what i mean and sort of like you've got to find how to maneuver that you know what i mean so so yeah i mean i i think sitting at home with without work for two years was was probably my lowest point you know and people don't know that because they'll they'll look at videos or projects and they'll be like oh my god i saw you on tv i was like yeah well i saw i shot that like 14 years ago but they're still playing it and you know what i mean and i've been sitting at home like my god what's happening (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was reading your bio today on BDC website, and I was like, Khalees Milkshake, I know exactly which video that is. Like, that's that's yeah. like one of the most memorable things that yeah. I just remember on the list of the credits that exactly. was listed down there. Exactly. Um, I mean, and that you know, that video was shot X amount of years ago, you know what I mean? And and sort of the money stopped coming from that video, and, and you know, you, you sort of like that, that that's great in history and it lives on but the human and the artist still needs to survive and it's that sort of hard in the industry for everybody i would say mm-hmm. well not everybody because some people can really create their own way but that's also another job and, and you know another process how did yeah. you so what kind of strategy what did you learn about yourself in those two years that you weren't working um that I'm very savvy at surviving and, and, and knowing and, <laughs> and very smart um, and very smart with my money, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I sort of learned that, you know, like for example, like when I first started working and it sort of started popping off for me, I think this is for anybody, and, but especially dancers because we work so hard at trying to achieve Mm-hmm. That you know, once once I did start to achieve, like obviously everything started going to money. I mean, to fashion and glasses and clothing and and that sort of stuff. And like, and that sort of made me feel good. And I wanted to look good to feel good. And I felt that like looking a specific way would get me specifically somewhere, right? Which I think to a point it was true, and it still is, but. If you don't have it and you can't do that, you know what I mean, then it becomes a problem. And it's sort of, I realized that it could become a problem for me if mm. if you're not able to sustain that, right? Mm. So so I, I really learned how to be really smart with money. And and again, like my parents grew up in, in 1950s and 60s Lima, Peru. Do you know what I mean? Their goal was for me to finish school, find a job, get married, have kids, and then I will have achieved life, right? Mm. Um, and then growing up, now that I'm older, I'm like, why didn't they teach me about financing? Like, why didn't they teach me about finances? Like, why didn't they teach me about money? Why didn't they teach me about being a boss and owning something? And like, you know what I mean? Like, that was not my reality as a childhood. As a child. Like, I didn't have that childhood. We didn't have that train of thought. You know what I mean? They didn't have that train of thought. So now that I'm older, I'm like investments, businesses. I'm trying to build a business. You know what I mean? Like my focus has completely changed than just 
oh my god, I've made, you know, having money isn't being able to afford anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Before my train of thought was, oh, I've got a bunch of money, I can afford things. Right. And, and now my switch, it's happened, the switch has happened where it's like, no, that's not what, that's not what happens. You can't, sustainability is affording. And if you can't sustain it, then you can't afford it. Right. And so now I'm more, I'm much smarter with my money than, than th- that's what I've basically learned. That that's how you survive. It's just be smart with your money. Hmm. And how did you transition from a dancer to a choreographer or, or a teacher? Um, when, did, when did that switch happen? So I think, I think as a teacher before, um, it, 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 it took some time. You know, like I said, I trained at Broadway Dance Center. Excuse me. So I trained with like Sheila Barker and like AC and Ray Leeper and, um, um, you know, Bev, Slam. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rhapsody, um, uh, I mean, just everybody who's great at Broadway Dance Center. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So back then, um, being a teacher was much, much harder because there were such amazing, real fundamental teachers who really did that. You know what I mean? So being able to even consider yourself at that level to where you can take in enough knowledge to then spew it out was really difficult right Mm -hmm. which is different now like you can turn on your camera now and go live and you're a teacher right Mm -hmm. but but before like it was like it's like i said i was taking everybody's class you know what i mean and once i was able to gain the respect of these people right because i was constantly taking their classes they and they were saying oh my god you're getting so good you're you're improving you're improving that sort of gave me a, a a a a confidence that I could be like, hey, maybe I'm gaining enough knowledge to where I might be able to teach. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And again, Beverly was the first one to allow me that facility where she was like, you're my assistant now and you are growing. So you need to, you need, I'm forcing you onto the next level, mm-hmm. right? So she allowed me to sub her classes a lot, which mm-hmm. then started training me to, to become a teacher, right? And 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 that that alone then becomes okay so how how does teaching become cuz teaching is a different aspect than choreography right yes i agree yeah they they are inherently the same things because you're creating something and then putting it to account and then teaching it right mm-hmm. teaching and choreography but the aspect is different in the teaching world there really should be a fundamental and and a foundation of of teaching Mm-hmm. And really guiding somebody to understand mm-hmm. um, the process of how to do it, why you're doing it, you know what I mean, and 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 sort of that, like that that like why a plie has to go, you know, downward and not forward, and how you're stretching, and and you as a teacher need to know that, right? Whereas choreography, it's listen. Now you're explaining the feeling, now you're explaining the story, where it's coming from, why it's coming from, and how to pull that out of somebody. Because it's completely different than pulling out a plie, right? They're two different aspects. So, so that transition sort of starts happening once you start feeling more confident, in my opinion. Once you start feeling more confident in 
in what you're teaching and what you know. And then you take that and now it becomes an artistic aspect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because in your classes, as you're teaching, not everybody's going to take or understand the art part of it, right? right. Meaning here I need to, it needs to be based on earth. Like we, why are we playing? Why are we moving this way, right? In choreography, none of that matters. We're in space and I want you on Jupiter and you have a trunk, okay? You have an elephant trunk and lizard hands who's in love with the sun. Mm -hmm. And you guys are married and had kids. <laughs> Express that for me, please. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that art, so the choreography really has to be the artist in you and not the teacher in you. Right. So That's it's magical. almost like, yeah, it That's is. Magical. We could charge for that one because people don't know that. You know what I mean? Which is why there's so yeah. many pop-up pop, pop teachers and choreographers, right? right? They don't know the difference of that. Mm -hmm. But choreography really is the, the artist and how well you know your art and how well you know yourself. Mm -hmm. It's almost like choreographers has a vision of what the picture they want, the final product of the picture to look like. Whereas exactly. the teacher teaches the students how to hold the brush how to stroke exactly. it, you know, how to draw that, make that art and then yes. let the student kind of go. Go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Vision is what choreography is. It's a vision. It's another sight. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That was dope. Yeah. 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 So, well, we're actually coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, at the end, I always ask my interviewees uh, words of encouragement and that could be catered yeah. towards anybody, anybody that's listening to this podcast, any dancers that's aspiring to become a professional dancer or anybody yeah. who might want to follow in your footsteps. Uh, yeah. you can take it on any take that you like. So please go ahead okay. and share your words of encouragement. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. To anybody listening, I would say, um, if you're interested in this art world and this enter, uh, two things, if you're interested in this art world, there's no correct way to do this. Art is too broad. You're never wrong. Whatever you're thinking about. I mean, I just said an elephant on the, on Mars with a trunk with lizard hands, who is in love with the moon or with the sun, right? Like that's right. That is right. And it's correct. And it's going to be amazing. Do you know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with whatever you create. And boom, that's what art is. Now, if you're trying to get into this industry and if you're trying to become a working dancer, um, it is not a game. This is not a game. It can be really fun, but it is not a game. And when I tell you, when you start really fighting for your career, for your career to make a living out of it, you will see what you're made of right mm. and it's going to destroy you and if you are not ready for it it will eat you alive mm -hmm. yeah so you've got to be very very careful with the games you're playing with the entertainment industry right because a lot of people are like oh my god i want to get here and then, then then they start going down the wrong path and it will go very badly you know what i mean so stay focused Know that it really is a seed in your, in your body. You are the only person who understands that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. If you really feel it in your body and not sort of like a lot of people feel it, they say they feel it, and then there's that one person who really knows they feel it and knows what, where they're heading. That, those people should really keep, keep, keep fighting. You know what I mean? But everybody be very aware of what that feeling is because it's very expensive out here. It's, v it's expensive 
monetarily and peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to be headstrong. You've got to be secure in yourself, and you've got to you've got to know this art. You have to know this art. I literally was talking to a friend, and she was. Uh, I had another interview, and they said, "How much is luck, and how much is talent?" And I described it like this. If you go, if you make it to one of the most important rooms, whatever that room is, if you make it to one of the most important rooms that you think in your career, right, mm -hmm. and you get there and you cannot produce what's being asked of you, you got lucky. Okay? Mm -hmm. But if you get into that room and you produce what's being asked, congratulations, you made it. Because that's the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So if you make it to any room and you're like, oh my, I don't know what I'm doing or it's a problem, you're lucky. Get out of there and keep training. Go back. There's still something missing. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so I would just say that. Like it's, it's just know, know it, know it, fight for it, but be careful. Right. I think, you know, with the existence of social media, it's just like the, the dance industry seems so close, so right. close from the, your fingertips. But yeah. in reality, it's really cutthroat. It's hard. Yeah. And that's why when I work with kids, you know, I have a kids dance program. I talk to them about dance is more than that. It's an expression of yourself. And that's what I want you to focus on. Yeah. All this future stuff. That's great. Keep that in the back of your mind. But more than anything else, I just want you to really explore within yourself and what dance yeah. means to you and yeah. then foster that. Yeah. And if it's really, really ingrained in you and you want that future, the opportunity will come and you yeah. will, you will have it in you to seek those opportunities. Yes. But for, yeah. I would say majority of 99% of the dancers, you know, it's, it's dance probably stops there and that's okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. because that, the dance as an art allows us to express how we feel, who we are, exactly. and all those exactly. things that's really important to us as human beings. Exactly. Exactly. I would, I would just to add, I would also say, you know, once you start go, really fighting for your, for your craft, I mean, even as an actor, do you know what I mean? Not just a dancer, even as an actor, you have to go into these rooms and have people judge you. You know what I mean? And, and really, they really are judging you in, in two ways, who you are and then what your talent is, right? And as a dancer, people really, like, for example, for auditions, right? Once you start working as a, as a professional, you're in an audition all the time, right? Acting, dancer, singer, whatever it is, you're constantly auditioning. As a dancer, a choreographer can tell if you're a dancer, if you're going to be able to work within like the first eight. They might teach you six eights, eight eights, but by the first eight, they know. We know. Mm. Nope. Yes. Boom. I've literally gone into an audition and the audition was, can you do a triple pirouette? And the choreographer just stands there. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, thank you. From a triple pirouette. And you're like, uh, this job is supposed to be a month. And you're going to pick me from a triple pirouette? And you're like, yeah. If you can't do that, then I, I know. Immediately, I know where you're at. And they're just looking at your body. But, but so, so that's just that aspect. But they also can tell what your personality is by how you say hello, how you stand. Right. You know what I mean? How you... So... So it's not really about pretending to be something else, right? You always have to know who you are, especially at these auditions. And you only know who you are once you go inside and know who you are. Mm -hmm. And then once that is, once you present yourself knowing who you are in front of anybody, 
they're going to see it and they're, it, it's going to be amazing because they can see that you're not putting up a front. I'm telling you, most of these auditions out here are, do people want you in the room? They can tell within the first eight if you can dance. Great. But do they want you in the room? Are you going to be cool? Can you, can you be fun? Are you authentic? Are you chill? Are you panicking? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's important. So just knowing yourself is really important. That's the most important thing in this industry. Like people just want to see authenticity. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. true in any industry. Like authentic yeah. individuals always stand out because they're true to themselves. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Victor, thank you so much for this time. Before I let you go, do you want to plug your stuff in so then the listeners can find out what you're doing, uh, your yes. social media site yes. and stuff? Exactly. So my social media is at Kid Peru. That's my Instagram, uh, at Kid Peru for Twitter as well. Um, check out my website, thevictorojas.com, T-H-E, victorojas.com. And this is actually really important. So it's like my website and my information wasn't, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I just said about that? This is the important stuff. <laughs> this, um, this is it. So me and my friend Brandy Lampkin are doing a fundraiser for Feeding America. Um, okay. Uh, so it's, it will be May 16th and May 17th. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and it, it will be on a private IG live page, mm -hmm. right? And I've gathered 11, uh, well, we've gathered 11 of the most incredible choreographers. Wow. I should have this on here. Let me just, I should know all, I know all their names, but then it's not off the top of my head. Okay. So boom, I've got Richard Jackson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lady Gaga's choreographer, Ian McKenzie, Lady Gaga's dancer, Jessica Castro, Heels Masters, Noel Bahandas, Whacking Masters, Denzel Chisholm, choreographed for Janet, Miguel Zarate, choreographed for everybody on the planet, Madonna, everybody, Brookwine, okay, they're a, they're a, um, a Caribbean style workout, okay, oh. they're incredible, Cassidy Noblet, Choreographer Gloria Trevi, um, Rhapsody James, uh -huh. ma Masters of the World, yes. choreographer everybody from Beyonce to Janet to Bad Boy, everybody. Mm -hmm. Bianca Bruton, who just choreographed for Missy Elliott. Everybody doing that cool off challenge, boom. And then Erica Sobel, who's a contemporary queen, Masters, okay? Oh. You're getting 11 classes for $20. You can take all of these classes Saturday and Sunday for just $20. 100% of those donations will go to Feeding America. So nobody's making a dollar. And if you think about it, that's $2 a class. Okay? If you were in New York City, you'd be paying 22 for one. Yes, it's true. That's very true. You know true. what I'm saying? Yes. You'd be paying $22 for one class. Now you're char I'm charging you $20 for 11 so two dollars a class and a freebie mm -hmm. these these choreographers can literally charge 150 dollars to 500 dollars alone mm -hmm. so jump on it jump on it hop on my website thevictorojas.com it's up there the project is called the little big dance help the little big okay? Dance. okay yeah and just log on register donate and come dance may 16th may 17th saturday and sunday we're starting at 12 la new uh, la time so 3 p.m. East, East Coast time. Yes. All yes. Right. We're, going, we're going first day Saturday. We're going for six hours. Second day on Sunday, we're going for five hours. And you can literally just hop on anybody's class once you make your donation. That's awesome. Yeah. All the, info, all the info on the website. 
All right. Sounds yeah. good. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time, Victor. This has been a great conversation. And uh, hopefully I can jump onto one of your virtual classes soon. Yes, please do. And then yeah, all, all the info for that on the website as well. Awesome. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you so much.